Okay, so we're away. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Sales and Presentation Podcast. My name is Trevor Lee and I'm here every week to share with you tips and ideas about sales and presenting and sales pitches and transforming things. Now, I'm taking some inspiration today for today's episode from two guys, Paul Tonkinson and Rob Deering, who do a podcast called The Running Commentary. It's a fantastic podcast and they record it while they're out running. And so here I am today at the Trillisic Park Run. It's a beautiful sunny day. So I'm going to record this podcast whilst out running the podcast. Uh, running the pot run, not the run, podcast. So ah, bear with me if I start punting, puffing and, and, and uh, whatever as we go. But anyway, we're here. We're live. Running Commentary is a fantastic podcast. If you, if you uh, like running, they're both stand-up comedians. So you get lots of comedy from their podcast as well. And uh, they did one recently when they recorded the whole podcast whilst they're running the London Marathon. So today's park run should take around about 30 minutes. So hopefully it won't be quite as strenuous as listening to the London Marathon one. But they did it in four parts. It's really worth listening to. So it's a beautiful sunny day. Lots of runners. Been going in the park room for a minute and a half now. I have got some timings, but I uh, don't think I'm going for a PB today. Just need to get focused on recording this podcast. So I thought the theme today, as we're out running, be a good idea to think about the relationship between sport, which this is uh, this podcast is about, and uh, and business. What can we learn? Be- between the two is there a relationship well I'm sure there is sport and business go often hand in hand and competing in this park run makes you think about all the things that you could do in your business life as well because sport is well sport is big business isn't it last week I was at Sinsel Bank oh, not last week a few weeks ago now when I record that when this is live broadcast City's last game of the League Two season, and uh, yeah, it's revenue generating. I spent a lot of money. Cap, Champions T-shirt, program, half-time bovril, all that sort of stuff. Ticket for the game as well. So, uh, but Lincoln City actually reminds me of my first interaction, I think, between business. In sport. I did a sports degree many years ago and my first job was on the Lincoln Chiraco, which uh, back in the day was a great paper. Everybody morning everybody wanted to read about read the Lincoln Chiraco. And all I wanted to do was be the sports writer on the echo. And I thought if I got any old job I could make my way through the ranks. I think that's an important lesson as well. If you're listening to this podcast and you're starting out in your business career, then sometimes that first job will be just getting your foot in the door. So just take it. Doesn't matter what it is, take it. Because I signed up to join the ad department of Lincoln Director. I knew absolutely nothing about advertising. I hadn't really been aware that advertising existed. And I managed to bluff my way through 
a couple of interviews and I got offered the job and uh, I turned up on the first day and I still genuinely had no real idea what I was going to be letting myself in for so I thought if I got a job anywhere on the Nikichiriko I could work my way through into the sports department because I wanted to be the sports writer for Lincoln City I thought what a great job that'll be I just go on the coach every Saturday follow the team around meet the players but of course as your life develops then things change and you don't quite see it in that way but I remember as that was yesterday and it was old many yesterdays walking into that office for the first time and the first guy I set eyes on one of my new colleagues was a guy called Dennis Lee different spelling uh, but Dennis had been a hero of mine I'd be a, he played in the famous city team of 75-76 which swept all before them under the management of Graham Taylor and uh, Dennis was now working at the Lincolnshire Echo so clearly someone had thought that his sporting link and his contacts within the city would go well for the business because the business you know was all about selling and advertising to local businesses and this was pre-digital days it was really you know people people contacts people relationships were really important and indeed they still are today of course even though we live in that digital world people buy from people as you will have heard me mention several times so that was my first real introduction and thought to that link between sport and business and Dennis was he's pretty good at his job because he knew everybody and therefore it came pretty easy to him to attract business so uh, anyway we're coming up to the first uh, marker post in this park run it's a great park run at Terrific if you're not doing park runs you need to get out and do a park run they are fantastic every Saturday morning somewhere near you there will be a park run all you've got to do is go online register your details for free print out a barcode turn up it starts at 9 o'clock, so get there, get there about 22 for the new runner briefing. Cost you nothing, you don't need to sign up. Turn up, five kilometres, and you know your barcode will be scanned at the end, and then you'll get your details. And you will become competitive. Because once you've done one, you'll think, ah, I can go back and do that even quicker. So you will get competitive. And there's a link to sport and business as well that competition element so is that why business people take on sports people in their commercial departments in their sales departments in, in particular do you think that's how it works well it might do now we're just coming down towards the river just crossing over the river so nice and steady for me today hoping to be under the 30 mark warning marshal. Lots of people drifting past me at this stage, taking full advantage of the fact that I'm not concentrating on my running. We're on the talking. I can see Shona and I think that's Lisa going up the hill there as well. I think Lisa's saving herself for tomorrow's Grand Prix event. But here we go, it's a bit of a climb now. If you think about those traits that sports people have, how do they link to, to park running? 
well, a lot of sports people are competitive. So, do you need to be competitive as a salesperson? Well, I think you do, don't you? Because you want to be successful. And you want to think, hey, that was great, I did really well. I won that piece of business. And there's a difference, I need to emphasize here, between being a competitive salesperson and enjoying success and being one of, you know, just someone who hammers away, hammers away, hammers away until people say yes. So we're not advocating the hard sell, competitive element. What we are advocating, just going a little hill here, is that we make sure that we, we, we are competitive because we want to know how, many, how well we've done. We want to compare ourselves with last month, the last quarter, maybe the last year as well. And of course, in many sales environments, you will be rewarded for exceeding that. I found that with Parkrun. I've had, I think, three or four PBs on this course at Trilistic this year. And I've got to the stage now where I'm checking every single point on the course. I've got about six points on the course. I'm checking in on my time just to see how I'm doing. Just to see if I can get over the line any quicker. I'm not doing that today. So I'm trying to concentrate on sharing this information with you. So, you've got to be competitive. Determined as well. It's got to be a training salespeople, hasn't it? Being determined. What about tactics? A good good salespeople, you know, sports people are good at tactics. Especially, you know, if they've played, take part at a decent level. How fast do you run? The first bit of this. Where do you save your energy? Where's the big push at the finish? So running a tactical race, it's a bit like, you know, it is approaching, if you're after a big sales account, You've got to have a plan. You've got to have some tactics. You can't just breeze off the start line and think, oh, it's bound to happen. So, well, watch out. Stay on the left. That was was ironic, nearly. There I was, giving out the new runner briefing, telling everyone to stay on the left, and I was the one who nearly got mashed up by the first two runners coming through on the left. What else? Well... Lots of people tend to train. They understand the benefits of practice. And, and therefore, uh, morning Marshall, thank you very much. Oh, well, we're just coming into the field now. Time is about 11 minutes. So, uh, a little bit down on the PB time. Not too worried about that today. Just going to see if we can get around in around about 30 minutes today. So, what about training and practice? Well, that's really important because sports people train and they practice. Do salespeople train and practice? And if you're doing a presentation, do you train and practice? Whoa, who knows? Difficult, isn't it? Because some of you do, and some of you won't do anything at all. You know, the best golfer in the world will be out there practicing. So even if you're the best salesperson or the best presenter in the world, ask yourself, how much practice are you doing before you go on that sales call or before you deliver that that presentation? 
it's really important. It can make a huge difference. And I think practice and training is probably the one big difference between business and sport. Because in business, people regard training as something they do very occasionally. I deliver workshops on presentations and sales. And people say, oh, how much is... You know, can you come and do a half-day workshop? How much is that? And I say, well, so what's the... What do you want to get from that? What do you want the outcome to be? And what are you going to, how are you going to follow it up and make the most of it? Because some people will pay lip service to train. Just organising a half-day training course is not enough. In sport, you'd never do that. But in business, people tend to do it. Right, we're going to slow down now because we're going up this gigantic hill and everybody else is in front of me is walking. So I'll tell you what, for the sake of the podcast, today I'm going to walk up the hill. I don't think I've ever done this before. I've always felt that you've got to keep pushing. You've got to keep running, even though you might be... There's Andy Brown going past me. There we go. He's got his head down and he's running. He's going for a sub-30 part run today. I think he's going to do it. He's well on schedule. And he's also proving that by running up the hill, you will make those extra little strides. I don't think I'll be able to talk though if I run up the hill and try and dictate this podcast to you. So I'm just watching everybody else to see how they're doing. Right, we're nearly at the top. I think it's going to be my target, I think. For the rest of the park run, try and go under 30. I think though you can sometimes overtrain, of course. If you're doing a presentation, you don't want to be doing rehearsal after rehearsal after rehearsal until you feel you know it worked perfect because it then won't be very authentic. You know, literally done too much practice, too much training. Right, well, we're the top of this hill is inside. This is my usual marshalling post, encouraging people on. Oh, there's nobody here marshalling. Oh, well, we know where we're going. Telling them that once they get here, it's all downhill on the way home. And that's a, actually, that's another interesting thing, isn't it? Because in business, it's often you face those big hills like we've just come up. Now we're at the top of the hill and we're jogging along again. But you face those big hills, the ones you think you can never get up. The obstacles, the objections if you like, that you could never ever overcome. But head down, you make it happen. Because if you give up when you're going up that hill, that's not gonna be, that's not gonna be great. And lots of people will. There's some stats somewhere kicking around that you have to make seven or eight contacts if you want to try and win some new business. And most people give up after the first two. Which is, hey, just nicking past Andy on the inside there where he didn't see me come through. And uh, just those seven or seven or eight contacts are really... It's worth hanging on there and being persistent. Because if you've worked out that the person you're trying to do business with will surely benefit 
from what you're offering. But it's an advantage to them that you carry on in there. Because if you give up on that after two goes, there's a very good chance they've really not appreciated what you're all about. And uh, that can be a bit demoralising for you, but it's equally bad for them. So if you are trying to contact a new client and you've done your research and you know that it's going to be good for them to have you, then make that happen. I've got a good example of that in my own uh, career, if you like. Going back, back in the day, I got myself that first job, sales manager on the Redford Times, a fantastic weekly paper in Nottinghamshire. But of course, you know, I was mid 20s, I was keen, I was training hard, learning as much as I could. And I got an interview, I persuaded the big chiefs in the group to give me an interview down in Swansea. I've never been there before. And do uh, GPS in those days, or satellite, or sat nav. So I had to find out how to get there. They booked me in for two nights in a hotel. Night before the interview, night after, so I thought, God, it's going to take me forever to get there. Not realising, hello again, Richard. Not realising that the interview itself was actually going to take forever. So, uh, long short of it was, I wasn't sure if I really wanted the job until the moment I found out they weren't going to offer me the job. And then my sporting instinct kicked in. I'm not having this. I'm not going to walk off this field losing, thinking, did I give it my best shot? So my best shot was to go back to the big chief in the group and say, hey, they've cooked this up. They've made a mistake. They should give me this job. Uh, good. It's a guy called Ted Glynn. Fair dues to Ted. Not sure what he's doing now. But fair dues to Ted Glynn. He... Listen to this guy ranting and raving about how much he should get this job. I, and uh, I got the job. So there I am, turning up, knowing that everybody on the other side of the table didn't necessarily see me as their number one choice. But we had a great time and it worked really well. So, here we go, we're on the back straight now. And he's sitting in front of me again. So, what else can we learn? Well, from running with our day-to-day lives if we're in business at all. Well, there's that great phrase, isn't there? It's a, it's a marathon or a sprint. And especially, especially for... Here we go, just nicked him. While he's not looking, I've just nipped past him again. And while if you're a new business startup, a, you need to be well aware that you might well get a sprint start because people you know, maybe your former employer, would give you a bit of work. That happened to me. My first quarter, fantastic. Clean up to Christmas 2012. I'm looking at my figures thinking, wow, this is good. And then my total turnover for the first four months of 2013 was 100 80 pounds that's about 10 pounds a week 
So, whew, that sorts you out. That makes you think, I should have stuck with that job. Or I should have taken that other job I was offered. I've done this ridiculous thing of running my own business. So, when you start that business, you will get that spike. And then it will dramatically drop off a cliff. And you need to be ready for that. It's not your, it's not you do what you're doing. But the best thing to do is when you get that spike, do all the hard work. Make those contacts. Get details of who you target list. No different to a football manager. You'll be listening to this during the break in the football season. And all the managers around the country will be going through all the people, all the players they want to sign for the following season. And often in business, you don't get that luxury of that time slot to sit back and look at your business and think about what you're going to do and how you're going to deliver it. Because it's go, go, go. It's all action, all day long. Every minute of the day. So, especially... What are the quotes we learn from sport? Well, people often say in football, despite a 90 minute match, Saturday is a 100 minute match, it takes one second to score a goal. And it's amazing how many times when the top teams are behind, and again they need to draw or win, there's only a few minutes to go and they're still being extremely patient and in business you need to be patient you need to back yourself not panic it's easy to think oh gosh things are, I haven't got any sales this week I must be doing something wrong what chances are you not it's just timing so you've got to hang on in there Clearly, you need to review your tactics from time to time if you've done your proper research Got yourself a plan like the top teams have, then stick to that plan and it will happen for you. If you start moving off it, it'll not only be confusing for you, it'll be confusing for your potential customers as well. So remember that. It only takes a second to score a goal, it only takes a second for a customer to say yes. It might take you the equivalent of 90 minutes to build up to that moment. So be patient. You won't win all your clients in the first minute of the game. Right, what else have we got? Well, I suppose in sport, one of the best examples of planning over a long period of time is a five-day cricket test match. And the tactics involved in that will vary as the match goes on. But again, everyone will have a plan. And they will treat it very differently to the fair playing in a 2020 game and for me the comparison there is the difference between say you've got a three minute slot or even a one minute elevator pitch to promote your business versus a 30-40 minute keynote address we're going to treat them very differently we haven't got much time in a minute clearly to get over your core message and I think as Oscar Wilde once said it's much easier to write a long story than a short story. 
and it's much easier to create and deliver a 40 minute presentation compared with a one minute presentation. All right, we're just sneaking up on my friend Sheena here. Sheena, are you going to the 10K tomorrow? No, not no. I am going tomorrow. Thank you. Uh, over the rabbit dunes. Yes. Yeah, so I understand. Down the rabbit hole. So what else have we got? Well, a little bit of preparation for this podcast. As we're coming towards the end of it now. We've been running for 24 and a half minutes. So a few quotes. One of my favourites, of course. The more I practice, the luckier I get. The golfing legend Gary Player. 1960s, 70s. Multiple major winner. And... I use that a lot when I work with business people because, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, most people don't bother to practice enough, if at all. And therefore they go out on the day delivering that important presentation, that really key sales pitch, not enough practice, and then they blame it on something else. Never giving it a thought that the real reason it didn't work was lack of practice. So, great one here from Emil Zatopek. It says, hope is in the heart and dreams are in the head. Emil Zatopek was a legend in the 50s, late 40s, pre-war. He had the most ungainly running style you could probably imagine. But he was known, and he probably still is known, as the person who trained the hardest he was in the army as well, Czechoslovakian army. It was just after the war, and he trained massively hard. At Helsinki, he set a record that will never be broken, I'm pretty sure. He won the 5,000, the 10,000, and then decided at the last minute to run the marathon. And there are two stories in that. In the 5,000, Going to the last lap, he was in fourth place and he was flagging. Down the back straight, watch it on YouTube. Down the back straight, he's not going to win the race. He's in fourth place, he's not even going to get a medal. And suddenly, out of nowhere, he just bounds into life. And his spirit, his determination, all that training, just he kicked it in, he whacked it through, and he won the race. And then in the marathon, he'd never run a marathon before, which makes it even more extraordinary. And in the marathon, he was racing alongside the legend Jim Peters, who was the favourite to win the race. And they went off pretty quick. And uh, Zatopex, one of Zatopex's things was he always chatted to his fellow competitors on the way around. And he said to Peters, as they got to about 8, 10 miles or so, how's the pace going? Peters knew they were going far too fast. But, but to try and throw Zatopek off the trail, he said, I think we're going too slow. So Zatopek immediately responded. And he just ran like crazy. And he won by two minutes. Peters couldn't live with him and dropped out. And then, final two quotes to finish. And my first one is, you miss 100% of the shots 
that you don't take. Very famous quote from a guy called Wayne Gretzky, Canadian ice hockey player, who was, probably still is, the leading scorer of goals in the ice hockey national, national league North America. Think about what he says. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It's absolutely bang on. Of course you do. Right. So that's it. I'm coming towards the end of this podcast. I'm coming towards the finish line, the start line. I've got about a minute to get to the finish line. To be under 30. I want to be under 30. Here I go. So I hope you've enjoyed this different podcast and that you'll tune in next week for the next episode. So as a presentation podcast. <laughs> if you've enjoyed the show, and if I survive up this hill at the finish, then please subscribe. Write me a little review. Uh, and tell me what you think. Whoa, 29.11. We're nearly there. I can see the finish. I think. So I'm just going to... Oh, just going to come in. Just nightly, nicely. Under 30 minutes. So please with that. Oh, someone. There we go. 29.36. Thank you for listening. The Sales and Presentation Podcast is a production of Trevor Lee Media. If your organization needs to transform its sales activity and re-energize its sales team, or you need help with a key presentation or sales pitch, then please get in touch with Trevor via Trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk or call him on 07785 390717. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do leave a review on iTunes or via your podcast app. Thank you.